Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There are times when we're looking to the Lord to tell us something else. And God's like, no, no, no. I spoke something critical already. And you're not really giving proper attention to that. I've told you something that I want you to be focused on right now. And you're all looking on down the road. And so I went back and looked at this again. It's okay, well, just, I was out, my heart goes out, kind of, I understand Manoah, I want to know the future, but I guess if I were to go back and reel back the time, God is, look, your wife was barren, you're going to have a kid. Have you ever wondered if your life was meant to be a part of something bigger than just you? We are conditioned to think that things such as jobs, relationships, and acts of kindness are meant to give us value. And yet, we still wonder what the purpose is. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that God has a greater purpose for your life that goes far beyond the value system of the world. God wants you to live your life to its fullest extent and impact the world around you in ways that you could never fathom. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 13 as he continues his message, Life of Samson. What if you got that 2 a.m. phone call on a night that you had decided Hey, tonight, you know, my wife did it. A couple of glasses of Chablis or whatever we're going to have. And then I get that call that night and someone's like, I, you know, my kid died. Or so, you know, you don't, you, you got to go out right now. Um, what happens then? Like, what happens then? Do you show up and they're like, what, what, what is that on your breath, Pastor? You know, or, or do you, are you free to drive? Are you capable of doing what happens then? And it's one of those things like, are you available 24-7 to the Lord? Are you available until you, you know, it's like we want to be available 24-7. So if, if, if I call Clint at 1 a.m., I know Clint's solid. You know, he can go. He might be sleepy. He might need some caffeine, but he's going to be all right, you know, and vice versa. So on with, uh, again, we're in uh, Numbers 13. That was verse five. Uh, he said, no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And note this. He shall begin to deliver Israel um, from the hand out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, I just want to point out the sovereignty of God. God knew up front Samson's going to get this thing kicked off. He's going to put a dent in the Philistines, but he's not going to be the one to fully deliver. He's going to begin so as I read the rest of the story and I'm like, man, Samson, you jacked up and you got messed up. And they gouged out your eyes. I just point you back to here. We'll remember this later that God's not God's not in heaven saying, oh, Samson, come on, man. I was counting on you to take care of the thing. God said, I knew from the get you was going to begin. You was going to put a dent in it, but you wasn't going to be able to complete the whole thing. Um, I, I, I like to be reminded of it sometimes that, you know, when God selected Samson, he knew everything Samson was going to do. How merciful that he picked him anyway. Right. For you and me, when God chose you, and the Bible says that he did, he says that you didn't choose me, he says I chose you, John 15, 16, uh, that you should go forth and bear much fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatever you ask the Father in his name, he would give you. God said, I chose you. And when God chose you and God chose me, he knew every mistake we would ever make, and he chose us. He knew every mess up, he knew everything that you've ever done, and every time you would ever fail in the future. So there's sometimes that people say, man, I really feel like I let God down. You let yourself down. You may have grieved the Holy Spirit. You may have let some people down. I don't know that I can let God down because God already knows everything. You know, God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. God knows my next boo-boo I'm going to make a mistake. You know, God knows what it'll be, when it'll be and why it'll be. 
Um, he's not going to be in heaven and say, oh, come on, Bill, again? You did that? You know, he's not up there kicking. It's, it's me down here. I'm going to live with the result. I'm going I'm to reap what I sow. Um, there's going to be ramifications in my life. But God says, I, I knew. I know everything about you. And so uh, moving on now, look at verse six. It says, so the woman came and told her husband, saying, a man of God came to me. And so she recognizes, she knows it's a man of God, at least. She said, a man of God came to me. And his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from. And he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. And she goes on to say what else God said to her. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So she comes right away to tell her husband, I I met a man. It looked like the angel of God. This is what he told me. And I'm going to say why. Uh, just a few things on barrenness in that culture at that time. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's an inability of a woman to have a kid. That's what barrenness is. It usually made women vulnerable because uh, women that couldn't have kids in the society were men. You know, there was an expectation that I want to pass on my things. I want to have an heir. Those women would normally those marriages would normally end up with a, with a husband taking another wife. Um, and so and many times the wife that could bear kids would become the favored wife. And so you'd have a woman there, no fault of her own, couldn't have kids. And we see that in scripture where uh, husbands took on someone else. Um, we see that. And it's not right. It's not what God wanted, but it was the cultural norm of that day. Um, and so, you know, for a lot of reasons, this would have been a, a real disappointment, a real bummer to a wife. Um, I think of Sarah who couldn't have kids, got to close Sarah's womb. And I look at that story and I really think that she was stressed out. She got, I think that, you know, she just like, I don't know what to do. I can't, it, it's not working. Just go into my handmaiden, do that. That's what other people are doing. They, they'll take their handmaidens and their servants and say, well, those kids will be my kids because I can't make kids. And here, no woman wants to really share her husband. Amen, wives. So I know she didn't really want that, but somehow she just said, okay, fine. Here, do this. we'll do that. You know, that'll, that'll be how we fix it. And Abraham a big dummy. He went and did it and, and made Ishmael and made a mess. And God, when he was getting ready, you know, he kept his promise. and He gave them Ishmael. So it was a difficult thing for a woman. And it, it created some pressures and stresses, even more so in that society than in ours. And I just wanted to point that out. So I think there was great excitement that she went to her husband and said, man, you know, I met a man out there. And it looked like it was the angel of the Lord. He told me I was going to have a kid and, and not to drink alcohol at all because, you know, he's going to be a Nazarite. And I think she's excited and she's going home to tell her husband. Also, you know, she's going home to tell her husband because, you know, it's like we, we got to go make this thing now, you know. Um, so so husband get excited. You know, we, we're going to go home and try, you know, whatever. So uh, she went straight to her husband and told him of her day. Verse eight. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and say, oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. Um, something I'm going to point out now. and We'll talk about it more as we continue on. No, I, I noticed that the, the angel of the Lord went to the wife and we'll see in this chapter. It seems to me that the wife has the stronger connection to the Lord than her husband does. She seems to have the stronger relationship. However, it got that way, maybe through the barrenness and brokenness of that. She's crying out to the Lord more frequently. Um, I'll, 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 I'll develop this as we go through the chapter, but it, it, it appears that, you know, she, she's the Lord shows up, talks to her. Her husband goes and prays and the Lord shows back up to her and she has to go get him. 
And I, 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 I'm telling you, I went back and read. I'm like, man, but he prayed. Why did Angel go back to her? He was like, Lord, I, I want to talk to you, you know. And he went back to the wife, and she had to, she had to hook them up. And so, we'll, we'll talk about it more toward the end. So, she went to her husband. And I'm sorry, Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, you know, send back that man of God. And he says, I want you to teach us what we shall do for the child who was to be born. Now, didn't the Lord already tell them what to do for him? And so, I just want to point that out because it's, it's it, it, we'll see as we go. Verse nine. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. So God answered his prayer and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So again, he prayed. The Lord heard him. And again, the angel of the Lord, Christ shows up, but he shows up back to her. And so she does in verse 10. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, look, the man came to me. Uh, the other the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed the wife. And when he came to the man, he said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And so, you know, he says, you, you the man talked to this woman yesterday. You know, I, I got to have a word with you about what you said. Verse 12, Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life in his work? And so notice what Manoah is concerned with. He said, hey, what's what's going to be his rule of life? And what's going to be his work? I want some future information, Lord. I want to know what his future is going to be. I want to know what he's going to do for a living. I want to know what the work of his life is going to be. And there's something so powerful here. I, I sat on this all the rest of today, just looking at it. God's already told mom, this is what I'm going to do with his life. He's going to be separated to me. This is how it's going to start. It's going to start in you. And you're going to be separated to me and He's going to be separated from the womb. That's my plan for this kid. That's what you need to know. He'll begin to deliver Israel, right? This is what this is all you need to know right now is what I'm telling you to do. But dad says, I want to know what his rule of life and what is work. What is he going to do for a living? What this what is this kid going to be? I want some future information. And I want you to note in verse 13 that God does not answer his question. Verse 13. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. Manoah says, Lord, tell me what his job is going to be. What's he going to be in the future? God says, brother, everything I told your wife to do, be, make sure that she be careful to do it. I don't have new information. I don't have step two, three, four. I, I, I spoke something critical already, and I want that to be the focus right now. And, and, and this is what I wrote down earlier in my notes, and I would say it to us, that we want to be careful about getting ahead of the Lord. I think Manoah is like, and I don't think it's wrong that he's like, well, you know, since you're telling prophecies and telling folk that's not able to have kids, they're going to get pregnant and go ahead and tell me everything. I want to know the whole thing. You know, I don't think it's wrong that he wanted to know, but God doesn't see fit to honor that with an answer. God says, I, I've given you everything you need to know for right now. It's enough for you to focus on this. Now, I don't know what uh, Manoah's wife was like. I don't know why God said you're going to be separated. You're going to you're going to you're going to be in this. You're going to uh, you're going to do this Nazarite vow yourself over the time that you're pregnant with this kid. Um, but God said, look, look, this is what you need to be focused on right now. You make sure your wife is careful to observe what I've already told her. And I do believe that there are times when we're looking to the Lord to tell us something else. And God's like, no, no, no. I spoke something critical already. And you're not really giving proper attention to that. 
I, I've told you something that I want you to be focused on right now. And you're all looking on down the road. And so I went back and looked at this again. It's OK. Well, well, just I was out. My heart goes out. Kind of I understand Manoah. I want to know the future. But I guess if I were to go back and reel back the time, God is look. Your wife was barren, you're going to have a kid. So you need to go ahead and celebrate that and go home and get busy. Um, I told you that he's going to be a Nazarite from the womb and your wife is to, you know, keep the vow of the Nazarite. This is not something that y'all normally do. So you need to go ahead and make preparations to order your household in this way. Manoah, you got enough to do right now. Don't worry about what this boy is going to be in the future. And this is another thing. It's possible that what God intended for Samson's future would be tied into mom's obedience right now. If she doesn't do this, you can forget about what we're going to do in the future. It's starting right now. And if God said she's to be a Nazarite while she's pregnant, what if she didn't obey? Does that thwart everything? Because it definitely thwarts the plans that God had for Samson when he violated the things that God had called him to do. And so I would just say this to us, that if if there's something God has spoken with clarity, that we would take heed and we would take those things and, and let them impact how we live. And sometimes we want to know things that God's like, I'm not talking to you about that yet. I'm still talking to you about this. And so we want to listen to whatever the, the whatever the Lord has last spoken with clarity. Are you giving proper attention to that? Because God redirects him. Look, you be careful to make sure that she observes what I've already said. And so may that be the case for us. If there are things that God has already said, may we be careful to obey what we already know um, and, and let the Lord bring out of what we already know what he's going to do. Uh, and, and, and I guess I would say this too. Sometimes, you know, I, we all know how the book of Samuel goes. Uh, Samson goes, I'm sorry, not Samuel. We know how his life goes. You know, I don't know that it would have been a blessing for the parents to know the whole story. You know, look, you're going to have a son. He's going to be separated from the womb. He's going to be an idiot. He's going to keep falling in the bad women's hands. I'm going to be using him along the way to, to put the whooping on the Philistines. And ultimately, he's going to die taking out some Philistines. And, and that's going to be the end of his life. Now, God bless you. Go, go ahead home. And you know, maybe I read this and I know the story, how it goes. Maybe God is saying, look, yeah, for your benefit, right? Just focus on what I'm giving you right now that you don't need to know all that. You know, it wouldn't even be a blessing for you to know it right now. And sometimes God keeps things from us because we don't need to know right now. Um, I don't I don't know that they would have rejoiced in this season knowing what's going to happen three seasons down the road. And so there are times where God says, look, for your benefit, just just enjoy today. Would you just enjoy? You just got some awesome news today. Could you just go celebrate that? Go home, make a baby and praise God and, and put the wine out your household. Could you just go do that? That's enough for today. Amen. <laughs> So now he says this in um, verse uh, 14, she may not eat anything that comes from the vine. And this is God reiterating. This is a third time. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, all that I commanded her, let her observe. And so God reiterates to him what he's already said. Make sure that she doesn't have anything from the vine, touch anything unclean. Make sure that she observe all these things. Verse 15. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. So God's there speaking and saying, look, if you make food, I'm not going to eat it. 
But I'm going to tell you to go make an offering. And if you make an offering, make sure you offer it to the Lord. Now, again, he didn't know that he was talking to the Lord. He's going to know by the time the conversation's over. Uh, he thinks he's just talking to a man, but it's, it's the Lord. And, and here goes something else. Right now, you know, I, I read this and I think, man, you know, God's able to show up in whatever way he wants. God showed up here. Jesus Christ showed up in the form of a man and having an encounter with them, speaking supernatural things to them. And Manoah doesn't even know that you're in the presence of almighty God. He's there. He's speaking to you. He's giving you information. He's revealed. By the time you realize it was him, he's going to be gone. Um, and I look at this and think, man, what what did they do to to get this? I mean, they, they got a they got an encounter from the living God. God showed up and said, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm, and I'm interacting with you. I'm speaking to you. I believe my personal belief. I don't know what Manoah's wife was doing before, but I'm, I'm believing that she was seeking God and God showed up to her. We know for a fact that Manoah, after she came home and told him the news, he went home and prayed. Lord, can you come back again and have that man have that man come back again? And I got some other questions. And God heard his prayer and God came back. Here's the deal. We, we know for a fact that at least the second encounter was a direct response from God to their prayers. What if Manoah went home and didn't pray? What if he went home and said, okay, cool, sweet. Well, let's make a baby. He cried out to God and God said, I'm going to show up again. You got questions. I'm going to interact with him one more time. Make, make sure he understands what needs to happen from here on out. Here's my point to you and me. Some people want to encounter God and they want to have this. this I want to have this encounter with the living God. And people create fraudulent experiences, encounters with God. We'll drum it up through music and we'll have emotional experience and things that people woo and move and do all these things. If you want to really encounter the living God. What we've learned through the scriptures tonight, and we see it elsewhere in the word of God, God responds to those that cry out, those that are praying, those that are crying out to us, to crying out to him. God responds. God hears you when you pray. We spent a month, you know, looking at prayer, our prayer lives, our private prayer life, our as a congregation, our, our group prayer. We, we've added three prayer times tonight. We started prayer before service on Sunday morning at eight o'clock before first service and then Sunday evening at 5 p.m. before the six o'clock service. Just time for us to get together corporately and cry out to the Lord because we know that God does respond to that. We can cry out corporately. We can cry out by ourselves. If you're feeling like, man, I, I just want to experience the Lord in my life in a more personal way, in a more tangible. I want to see God move. I want God to speak to me. Pray. Pray more. Cry out to God. Be, be, be in his presence. Get away. Get alone. Get with God. God responds when we do that. And so, um, and, and then I think you need to also, you know, you got to pray. And I, I believe for us, we need to pray and open up the word. Uh, so often I'm, as I'm praying about things, God is speaking right back to me through the word. That the things I'm praying about, the things that I'm, I'm troubled over this, I'm trying to get direction on that, and I'm praying, and it'll just come up in the reading. God's like, boop, there you go, son. I've met you. God meets me in other ways. God shows up in different ways at different times. Um, there was one time I took BJ, and he was little. He's 13 now. He may have been nine. And we would do, we made our devotion. We would try to make, I make a look at an event. Like we're going to go somewhere away, and you know, we would go get drinks and go sit. So we went to some park. And we were going, I was taking him through Jonah and uh, we went to this park and, and I would pray. I'm like, Lord, would you just show up in some way? 
I want him. To, I want you to be real to him. Would you just meet us? We're going to go to the park and we're going to sit at the park and I'm going to try to teach Jonah to this kid at the park. And I just pray you would show up. And so we go to the park and we're sitting down in the park and I, we're going through the first part of Jonah. We read it and he's telling it back to me and we get the story. And he looks down on the floor at the park. It's like, a you know, the seats and they have like a what's the little mulch. And he's like, Dad, look. And he pokes up an earring and the earring has a fish on the earring. He was like, Dad, look, we're going to Jonah. Look at this bunch of fish on the, you know, and, and he was just like, oh, that's it. The Lord showed up. You know, he met us here. <laughs> Glory be to the Father. And I'm like, praise the Lord. You can't wear it. But yes, the Lord met us here in that way. Little thing. But you know what? That, that day was, it was that day was marked. We didn't just sit down in a park, but the Lord, in the little way that he could, the Lord showed up. I'll take that, Lord. We just want you to show up. We want you to meet us. And so. Um, may we all just in a greater way cry out what we learned here Manoah cried out and God it said God heard him and God responded and the Bible says that God has no respecter of persons God don't have no favorites when you cry out he hears when I cry out he hears and so let's cry out more frequently about more things and and I think we can expect as we do that the Lord to interact back with us that we would experience him in our lives and 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 and, and maybe more of a, a living way than what we are currently. And so, um, so back to our, our story here. Um, where were we at? I'm sorry. 17, God bless you. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name when the, I'm sorry, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name seeing it is wonderful? Now, uh, if you look that word wonderful up, um, it means secret. I think Old King James says, you know, it's secret. Uh, This is what it means. It means incomprehensible, wonderful, remarkable, something which appears to be supernatural. He says, why do you want to know? Seeing that it is wonderful. And over in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, a prophecy about Christ is for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful. Some people say Wonderful Counselor, but it's Wonderful, comma, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, One of the names of God, Wonderful, what he is, incomprehensible, beyond what we can understand. And so he says, why why do you ask my name seeing? It is Wonderful. Verse 19, so Manoah took the young goat, the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as a flame went up toward heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. So I want you to get this. God told Manoah, y'all can't feed me. I'm not eating your food. But you can't offer an offering. If you offer an offering, make sure you offer it to the Lord. And so they offer this offering to the Lord. And then the Lord went because they don't know it's the Lord yet. They just see a man. But this man went. Now, I want you to just imagine this. They, they got fire for the offering. The fire is going up. And he just ascended up into the fire that they were offering up. And when they saw that, then they fell on their face. Like, oh, no, we before God. This, this is the Lord. And so uh, they fell on their faces. At that moment, they realized We've been in the presence of the Lord. A couple questions. You know, I would think like God, all that time in your presence, why wouldn't you, why, how come they couldn't know it while you were there? How come, you know, they, they didn't, they just, how come they didn't get to know it till you were gone? 
Um, and I don't really have an answer for that, but I, those are those are my questions. I, those are what I pondered. You know, um, by the time they realized it was the Lord, he's gone in the fire. Um, now, again, a couple things. If the Lord showed up, made some promises and then ascended into heaven like that, would you have any doubt that baby's on the way? Much of life is cyclical. There are seasons that cycle through and then start over again. You see the pattern or cycle of the Israelites in the book of Judges. They rebel from God and sin, bringing judgment on themselves. But then God sends them a deliverer and they turn back to following God. But eventually, they turn away and start the same cycle over again. Do you think God got tired of that cycle and wanted to throw in the towel with these people? If anything, the book highlights God's mercy when the Israelite people were undeserving of rescue. But this is the God we serve, one who's looking to redeem and rescue. He also wants you to genuinely turn back to Him, not questioning His goodness or faithfulness, God's long-suffering. And He proves this time and time again in the book of Judges. Have you been enjoying this series in Judges? Pastor Bill has been working his way through this book here on The Transforming Word. If you'd like to hear additional messages from Judges, head over to calvaryinglewood.org. Look under the teaching tab for more messages. While you're on our website, you can download our mobile app to take teaching with you on the go. Something else you might find at our website are links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay connected with us through those various platforms and come back again to hear more from Pastor Bill. There are many things to learn from the book of Judges, and we're just getting started. So make sure that you don't miss a single edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.